everyone to Non-Standard Action's Threefold Conspiracy. This is our final farewell episode for our beloved investigators. When last we saw them, they had infiltrated the gray mothership floating outside of Absalom Station and tracked down and defeated Mysteriarch Zazo, or their dad, as we like to call him. Uh, he is their, was their He's creator. not our dad. <laughs> they murdered him in cold blood. Yep. Yeah. He was going to murder us, to be fair. No, he was going to ra- erase. Said he was I mean, going he was to gonna murder erase our identities. He was going to destroy us. erase you and use you again. That's erasing all. identities. Erasing identities counts as killing. Mm. Just ask any computer-based sci-fi dystopian <laughs> novel, right? Where yes, yes. it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks, Jet. Thank you, Jet. Also, hi, Jet. Good morning. Hi, Jet. Um, For that tier one sub gift, to be clear. Uh, yeah, Thank you, Jet. I went to tier one sub gift. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> um, just sharing the love right around. Get, throwing money at ourselves. That's one way to get money into the stream. You account, gotta so. spend money to make money? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, though. <laughs> uh, I don't have an icebreaker question for these guys this morning, um, because we're gonna answer all of your questions about TFC um, after we do a little bit of wrap-up, because we can't just let these characters kill the big boss and then forget all about them. No, we need to know what the What do we do next? Yeah, what what are these characters doing with the with the rest oh, of their lives next? as we ride them off into the sunset? But before I mean, we even get to that, we can, but we don't want to. <laughs> we can, but we don't want to. Yes, no, just because we, we can let... do something doesn't mean that we should. Yes, we want to let you, our audience, know what becomes of these characters after they have murdered their maker. Um, but of course, as soon as they, as soon as Zazo drops, which is where we left off last week, as soon as Zazo drops. There's a little progress bar on on the screen, or the display screen goes blank. And moments later, there's a telepathic message that echoes through your head. Uploading research data to Mothership. Self-destruct upon completion. And a purple progress bar appears on the screen. And they have excellent upload times. Oh, yes. Off-pronging course. They're using fiber. And How did they get access to space Google Fiber? <laughs> of course, having been dealing with Greys uh, and uh, and their computer technology, Glasgow probably immediately realizes that he can't stop this download. The only thing to do is GTF. Realize I can't stop this download. Um, and then I make a computer check. I mean, you can make one. And slow the download. You could try. Ogden will assist. Okay. And shoot you with drugs. That's a 38 with drugs and an assistance. Yeah, even that um, is not enough to slow this down. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a dead man's failsafe. Um, mm. And the uh, has um, the upload signal could be designed to piggyback on regular drift beacon communication, meaning the mother's mothership could be anywhere, but you can't slow it down. Well, then we need to get back to our ship. 
I guess we'll rush back to the teleporter room and desperately try to fiddle with that until to try to yeah. teleport back to our ship. And as Absolutely. this is happening, Ogden stabs himself with like three serums of healing because he took a walloping last time. Did he? Did he? Oh yeah, he's at 29 of 78 hit points with zero stamina points left. It's very exciting. This never happens. Well, I didn't last you to do that. I'm I'm remembering now. Yeah, it's all coming back to you, isn't it? <laughs> you guys book it back through the ship to the teleporter room where you came in and hit a glowing console that quickly um, teleports you back to your ship just nice. as the gray ship implodes upon itself. Um, and collapses into the astral plane. Well, you're um, you're able to make it back to Absalom Station, um, and the stewards there. Um, the stewards are more than happy to provide you with any assistance you need to pick up new lives um, since you've let them in on on your cloniness. And uh, let's start with Lasko, because uh, Lasko had some words with the director before um, before you lot set out to the gray ship about taking over Aram's position, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we discussed this a bit earlier. Lasko, uh, Lucas Lasko ends up uh, changing his name to Aram, or and whatever, what, whatever Aram's first name was. Um, director. Steve. Steve. Director, yes, his first name is actually <laughs> Director. Director, Director Aram. He was born for this job. He was, he was born. He was literally, he was literally constructed in a tube for this job. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. some real like, King Fuhrer Bradley vibes off of that. I don't like it. I was thinking Major Major from um, Catch 22. Hang uh, he he takes on the mantle of uh, director of Ab- uh, director of Absalom Station, roughly with the same the running it roughly the same way that he well I guess thought he ran his um, crime in quotation marks syndicate yeah, back also in Absalom Station. So generally he um, he treats his people very well. Like he's 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 very generous towards like Absalom Station and like strongly stands up for Absalom Station, but. Um, and it, sometimes to like a, a detriment. So like he's he probably ru- he probably represents with uh, a bit of a nationalistic bent to it. Um, he's generally like pretty good to his word. He's happy to work with other directors, and when he makes a bargain, he sticks to it. But he is not willing to concede much unless it benefits Adam Slum Station. And he is happy to hire any and all of his party mates, the only people who know his deepest and darkest secret. Although many of them, I think, want their own lives. Um, the director general um, supports Lasko in this endeavor, but does advise him to, uh, to take the other members of the directorate into confidence and explain the situation to avoid any further scandals or political maneuvering. Um, but Aram does, in fact, win the directorate seat. Um, the, um, the stewards, you know, issue a statement that, uh, Aram and Bora Rin were taken, or that Bora Rin was taken into custody. Um, 
as a uh, serious threat from outside the pack world, but they don't directly mention reptoids. Um, unless anyone asks the director general not to mention their names, does anyone not want to be a public figure? Iris uh, does not wish to be a public figure. Ogden already has a, a fairly public figure that is walking around with his name, so he doesn't want to be a public figure either. Um, Adelaide would kind of prefer to be sort of like uh, the Black Widow. She does her best work when only the right people know that she exists. Fair enough. All right. Just Aram, then, was yep. uh, an important factor in wrapping up the case, as well as Agent Lake Thorson and Effecta. Um, but they do reward you um, in any capacity uh, you desire. Um, in Lasko's case, obviously, this is, you know, backing him up for the directorate seat. Um, what about Adelaide? Well, Adelaide will be working for Mr. Aram as long as she can. And uh, when that gets boring, she'll allow herself to be coached by one of his rivals in order to undermine them. Not not Aaron, but the, the rival. And then she'll uh, try doing that a couple of times until that, you know, until people catch on. It takes a while. She always comes back to Aaron, though. Lasko is always willing to, uh, to hire Adelaide, as long as she keeps her uh, more evil instincts in check. As far as you know. Uh, she also yeah. eventually undermine. she also um, takes out her clone, the, the influencer. Um, nice as her skincare line was, uh, she just can't allow her to be running around as a reptoid. So at some point she brings the full force of cancel culture onto her, and uh, she's gone. Oh. It's cold. That, not evil at all. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what about Iris, Leif? Oh, goodness. Um, Iris is interested in uh, really one thing at this point after all of this, and that's... Uh, Ensuring the continued freedom and survival of his uh, android brethren and sisterin and thatherin. Um, so they join the abolitionist yeah. movement. Oh, cool. They're so they yeah so they're um, or I mean or do they want to do it um, on the up and up? The stewards will happily make you an honorary legate should you so desire. I, and I feel like they offer this option, but Iris um, curtly declines um, before they kind of like disappear under the radar. And what they what they end up doing is uh, they they kind of go get um get some uh, plastic surgery did. Oh, not look like yeah. The stewards will totally give you plastic surgery to look like whatever you want. Just, just enough that they look different from their their original. Oh, the replacement replaced the original. The original one's got life bad. Oh, oh no. no, roboting. Uh.
Welcome back, folks. Sorry about that. Just wanted to figure out what was going on with Life's Glitch, glitch Gremlins. Um, seems to have smoothed out now. Uh, Life, what were you telling us about Iris? And plastic surgery, I think, is where you left off. The stewards will getting... happily give you plastic surgery. I don't even know if they're it's doing considered a, they plastic surgery. It's really just like a face swap. Yeah. For I'm sure this is a, a semi-normal thing for androids to to go through, especially ones in covert situations. Either way, full full on face change. Um, so Iris looks um, distinct from the <laughs> the replicant reptoid replacement of the original. Yeah. How deep does this rabbit hole go? Um, okay, here's a question. Only like, three. So, so reptoids can take the form of androids? Yes. Okay. Any, uh, any humanoid? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the ones by the book that is that is allowed by reptoids, but then they uh, created more things for this AP for reptoids to be able to yeah. duplicate Dude, like right. small races and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they... Um, they they pretty quickly fall off the radar, and that's that's everybody's radar, not just uh, um, even your friends. Oh yes, even even friends, our closest, dearest friends. Vanishes. I'm not too surprised by that. Yeah, um, but but uh, I um, let's see. Not too not too long after all of this happens, you do get you all do get a mysterious. Uh, message from an unrecognized number, but um, it just says, "Uh, we've we've been through a lot together. If if you ever need me, you can reach me here." Ah, <clears throat> nice. Yes, that is a very awe. Acknowledge. And uh, Tom, what about Ogden? Uh, so Ogden, uh, asks, probably asks, uh, a little help of Vorsen, uh, on this one, uh, to get some intel on a certain, a certain reptoid, um, that Ogden has recently learned of. Um, and then, uh, he, so he's working, he's currently working with, uh, Lasko Aram, uh, as Aram's sort of intelligent like whatever whatever position of uh you know intelligence agency ogden yeah, could hold i mean they right, you ogden probably does yeah. does take up the the honorary legate thing right in that case many or of the that be too public? uh legates are are special it's sort of like being a re you know a retired cia agent or something it's an, like an honorary okay. this this person has access to all the stewards resources they're very important, mm -hmm. um, but they don't yeah. answer yeah, Ogden, necessarily. Ogden would take them up on that offer, um, if only to take advantage of the resources uh, and yeah. their their network. Um, and so he would, uh, Lasko would get a message uh, from Ogden saying, I'll be out of the office for about a week. Uh, shouldn't be much longer than that. Um, and then... Uh, Good luck. So... Don't forget to log what? your hours with HR. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, so uh, we see Ogden dressed in street clothes, uh, walking through a busy market street. Uh, it's difficult to tell where he might be, necessarily. Uh, he steps off to the side of the street and looks down at his comm unit. Uh, it displays a message. You are being activated. Uh, it continues with directions to an alleyway, uh, one that is directly across from where he currently stands. He squints into the darkness of the alley, shaded from the sun above by the high walls to either side. Cautiously, he makes his way across the street to enter the alley. As the cacophony of the crowd behind him fades, uh, he scans the alley for his contact. Hello? He advances further. No sooner than he begins to call out again, he suddenly feels a sharp sting in his right shoulder. He looks down to see a dart protruding from his shoulder. Fumbling for it, he whirls around, looking for his assailant. Another dart hits him in the back as he spins, and his vision begins to fade. A figure steps from the shadows. Ogden looks into the face of his assassin, and in what is a surreal experience for one such as himself, sees his own face. The tall, lithe Vesk leans down close and says, The real Ogden may be long gone, but the least I can do is to ensure that they don't suffer your kind any more than I had to. The assassin puts one more dart into Ogden's face, and he finally succumbs to the, poison, the various poisons coursing through his veins. Uh, soon after, uh, the body transforms from the slightly more muscular form of a Vesk into the more slender reptilian form of a reptoid. Oh, you got me good! <laughs> <laughs> Later, Ogden sends a message to the Velheights explaining that they won't see Ogden anymore, uh, and that they need to watch out for reptoid infiltration uh, in their family. Further reptoid infiltration in their family. They, of course, don't believe him, uh, but desperately trying to find out who sent the message, thinking, correctly, that they would have answers. Uh, the disappearance of Ogden <laughs> Belheit was never quite solved. Ah, love it. Your next, uh, your next Belheit character is going to have to tie this in. Mm, He's looking maybe. for his lost brother. Yeah, this is, a, this is a very, like, dark patch in the family history that didn't previously exist. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Ninden's life was pretty dark, too, even if it wasn't, like, played out on in the game. I get it, but his brother wasn't mysteriously whole... murdered in an alley. <laughs> That's true. Or disappeared well, in an a... alley. Disappeared. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, so if you think about it, the body that was found in that alley wasn't Ogden, right? Like, maybe it had right, some right. Ogden was killed a long time it. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what I'm saying is, they don't see that whatever body that was in the alley as their brother, they just know that all of a sudden Ogden's not around anymore. So, Ogden's gone. Vanished. And yeah, has Ogden's been gone for a long time. Right? Yes, yeah, and so uh, my, uh, you know, clone Ogden uh, tells them, hey, uh, Ogden is gone. Uh, you're not going to see him anymore. Uh, keep, a, you know, keep an eye out for reptoids and fleem like that. Man, um, that's traumatic. Uh, yeah. Does R. Ogden uh, change his name and his appearance at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. After that, he definitely kept his face for the melodrama of uh, showing this showing this reptoid. Yes, of okay. killing himself. Yeah. Uh, but after that, uh, he'll he'll probably also. Uh, hey, I mean, he's Space James Bond. He has to it's have true. the melodrama. It's true. Um, yeah, yes. it's true. It's true. Uh, after after this, he definitely takes up the stewards on their offer of uh, facial reconstruction, um, and similarly changes his name. Although probably in in company with uh, Lasco uh, and Adelaide, he would probably you know 
I don't know. Maybe we would use each other's real names. Um, Or maybe not. Original names, perhaps. Yes. The the names that you originally learned of each other way back on the Chimera. Yeah. I'd say that that Aaron is too practical to continue asking people to use his old name. (laughs) It's not like Adelaide was... It's not like Adelaide's remembered biography began with her name being Adelaide Fortwith, so... (laughs) That's true. Not particularly attached to it. Every ten years or so, when the the four of you get together, it's these names again, even though no one uses them anymore. I'm sure Iris has a whole new identity. Oh Oh, man, Iris doesn't even come to the meetings. (laughs) What? (laughs) You don't think Iris would come out of the woodwork for, like, the 10-year reunion? I don't know, man. They might. They They also might just be, like, standing on the other side of the room, like, you know. Looking in through the window like a creep. Walking across the street. Just, like, it's nice to see them again, but I I can't. I can't go in there. Just can't, just can't. Sort of thing. Well, you know, we'll send you the the courtesy invite for the 10-year. And no pressure. Borson, like, pops up behind Iris. I know you'd be spying on them. <laughs> Why don't you go in? Say hi. I'm sure they're worried about you. Uh, you know, Vorson's superstition finally is paid off, and Vorson starts moving up the totem pole. He's very, very good at what he does. Iris, Iris just kind of like, without looking back at him, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know. It just... That was a different lifetime. There are other things to be focusing on. As as they like, you know, put the put the lollipop back in their mouth, throw their jacket <laughs> over their shoulder, and walk off into the artificial sunset. We <clears throat> don't know how many licks it takes to get to the middle. Oh, uh, uh, you guys are you guys are the best. Uh, this while we were on break, we were saying that. Um, or actually before the show this morning, this AP has been quite a wild ride. Lots of unexpected yeah. twists and turns. About three. At, mm. r- roughly three big ones, yeah. Mm. Could have seen that coming. Yeah. Definitely not how far your How far your characters have come since that first... Um, first session on board the Chimera when none of them knew each other or trusted each other very much at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot it's of funny how, like, very quickly. Yeah. I think it's funny how, like, I had originally created Adelaide to be the sort of lawful, neutral, evil uh, ballast character, like, the one that was keeping things running for Lasko, but, uh, she's, she's a total chaos, a force of chaos by the end of this. I think that's more or less what she quickly turned into, but. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is one. That is, uh, that is the role of the Witch Warper, I think, is chaos. Yeah. What with your, uh, what's it called? The the thing where you sacrifice a spell slot for arbitrary effects. 
Oh yeah, uh, Infinite Worlds. Yeah, and Infinite Worlds very much lends itself to chaos. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Ah, oh, dang! I just thought of another one. An area fills with rubber ducks. Ah. Uh, uh, and if they need brain. to, and if they need to do damage, they're animated rubber ducks, and they they nip. Oh, right. Right. With teeth. Ducks with teeth. Yeah. Ducks. Oh, ooh, ooh. Did um, did any of you have um, like Adelaide's vision sort of changed as the as the AP went on? How about the rest of you? Your characters turned um, out differently than you you thought they might when we hmm. first started started out on this path. Oh, oh, absolutely. There was <clears throat> a lot of anticipation as far as, you know, Iris is concerned. I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm making this, you know, uh, um... Were you going to be a charisma-based fighter at the beginning? Yeah, a yeah, charisma-based law officer type. And that was kind of, you know, before all of that unpleasantness <laughs> happened 2020 was a uh, wild that's ride one word for it. and and then and we also and then we also kind of uh lost seth who was we initially had like kind of tied characters that were like tied together mm -hmm. you know there was there was a lot of a lot of deviation from the um initial plan yeah, yeah. you guys remember back in book one when iris was all i am a steward and you will listen to me <laughs> Yeah, 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 I do. I'm an officer of yeah. the law. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest change, uh, character-wise, of all of us, uh, for sure. Was um, Iris's shift from being an officer of the law to uh, not really. I think not really knowing where they fit in. Mm. Is that fair yeah. to say? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, like, Ogden finding out that he was not actually an agent of Directive 9 didn't really change his outlook much. Like, he still had a skill set that he could use to to help the team, um, and he just sort of chose not to think about yeah. where he got that skill set from, because it hurt his brain a little bit. Um, yeah, it was... It was it was it was yeah it, it was very easy for Adelaide. It it was very difficult for Lasco, but I think he managed to you know he had he had like spent his whole life building up this criminal empire and then he realized that he hadn't. But I think he managed to like handle it by just sort of remapping his criminal empire onto a different thing that he a different family, a different like group. And so mm -hmm. he like remapped from the criminal empire to the party and then he remapped from the party to Absalom station. So that sort of right. reframing was how he Avoided going mad like Iris kind of kind of did. <laughs> yeah, I, it kind of broke Iris. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It did for a while. Yeah. Um, Ogden turned and out to be a lot better at shooting than <laughs> than I intended him to be at the beginning. I I designed him uh, to be more. I I originally conceived of him as as Q, not as James Bond. Um. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that Q probably wouldn't be that interesting to play um, for me personally, because I I tend to play characters that are good at 
fighting because that's what that's one of the things that I enjoy about TTRPGs is uh, it, it succeeding in combat because combat is mm-hmm. like it or not a large portion of D twenty systems. Um, no, especially yeah, Starfinder. Yeah, yes, yeah. So um, I then morphed him over to okay. Well, what if he's like you know Q and James Bond sort of combined a little bit but q was always more techie and less and less into the the poisons and stuff like that uh and so i was like okay well i guess i'm just gonna be an assassin then Mm -hmm. i I guess that's that's really what's happening um but yeah we talked about uh going into this game uh how we were all going to sort of step back from focusing combat too much i don't know if we've ever talked about this on on stream uh but like we we all sort of tried to not optimize, uh, which I think is apparent. Um, I hope I hope is apparent. We ac- we accidentally became pretty good at combat anyway. I think um, because unarmed- yeah, Lasko was very strong. Yeah, unarmed strikes are are great. Um, an operative is good. Uh, soldiers are always going to be generally good at hitting things, um, but. Yeah, so I I intentionally went into this without maxing out Ogden's dexterity like I I once would have, um, and I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, but maxing out your your dexterity is is good, but it's not the only way that one optimizes a character. I f- I feel yeah. like we all generally try to make relatively well, powerful characters. Yeah, I mean, it's and, it's not a lot of fun to play a character that isn't effective. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah, well, unless that's what you find fun. And if that's what you find fun, that's great. Um. Yeah, I, I think that so I've been watching some um there's like some video interviews between the McElroy brothers and uh okay, the the guy who runs Dimension twenty. And like they were they were talking a lot about how like what pl- what players find frustrating is players don't mind failing, they mind inconsistencies. So like when you have a uh an idea of your fighter being like good at at fighting, but then he rolls in that one. If you say like, "Oh, you slip on a banana peel," that like feels bad because like, well, my guy wouldn't slip on a banana peel. But if you like describe it as them failing in a realistic way, like the other guy just holds up a really lucky shield, then suddenly it feels good. So I, I feel like there are ways we could be better about that. About like, you can make it's. I think it's possible to make being bad at at something like part of your shtick, part of your character. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, believe me, I am not standing here saying, oh, well, I'm such a good TTRPG player, I didn't max out my dexterity stat. Uh, I am f- I am full aware of my my proclivities for, uh, for building characters that are uh, extremely good at one thing. Um, Ogden, perception. <clears throat> um, yeah, but... yeah. Identification. <laughs> Identification, yeah, everything. yeah, in general. Um, yeah, Ogden, Ogden had really great mental stats and that was, uh, very pleasing to play. It was, it's, it's a lot of fun being, uh, knowledgeable, uh, as, as a character. Yes. Yeah. Um, to compare the two, Ninden was really, really, really pronking good at hitting things and taking damage, um, and getting swallowed by large monsters. Um, Ogden is not good at any (laughs) of those things, but, uh, they, they were both, uh, cool characters to play. And throwing himself off things. Oh, so oh good. my god, good I times. Love Yeah, he did have a, a couple rough fights in that last book. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Buttstubble wants to know um, who your favorite NPC was uh, and why. Over the course of a uh, course of the safety, I think Vorton uh, was my favorite. I love well, Vorton. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was going to be my favorite as well. Because um, we haven't had many okay. likable NPCs, to be honest. Um, Honestly, yeah. In some ways, we we've have... mostly killed them. We've left a trail of death and destruction in our wake because most of the trail that we found was laden with greys and or reptoids. Um, What's the Barathu? Uh, what were they from the collective? Um, Marquis. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Partly because oh, they were yeah, into they were the cool. combat. Yay, envoys! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were great. Well, I really expected them, them to turn on us like everyone else did, but no, they were, they were cool. We yeah. just thought. Well, yeah, there was and then they, they helped you in your investigation later. Like, yeah. got our confluence on your side, got your name cleared. Our key was great. Yeah. Well, and there was that whole thing of, like, worrying that that whole escort quest was going to suck, because it Escort quests usually suck, but instead it's like, oh, you're helping! This is fantastic! <laughs> more of those, please. Dear writers, more of yeah, those, Yeah, Starfinder does escort quests a lot better than most, uh, most video games. Video game escort most quests. Most MMOs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's never the walk at the same most. speed as you! Oh. I mean, we could simulate that by giving every escort quest NPC, like, a 15-foot move speed. Cool. No, thank you. Cool. They only walk slightly. Oh, you don't want... oh. walk half the speed, so you you give them like a twenty foot movement speed. <laughs> right, right. Just slow enough that you can't go full speed, or you go full speed and then you have to slow down. Go. Yeah, oh. yeah oh, that's exactly down. that's oh. exactly what I want out of my game. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's not what you want. Sleep Tom is taking notes. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about a, the new game, too, soon. We are going to talk about the new game, but... Um, I don't know if we should while Tom's out of frame. No, but we, we shouldn't, should... We, should, we shouldn't do while Tom's out of frame. Uh, Leif, do you have a favorite NPC? Oh, goodness. They're all so wonderful, I just can't choose. I'm just... I'm, I'm still recovering from being paranoid about literally every single character you threw at us. Yeah. Favorite NPC? Oof. Uh, uh, Buttstubble points out the, the space paladin with the sword ship was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but only like one scene. I, I did like them. I was disappointed that that big sword on the front was not, in fact, for ramming, though. I yeah. was super disappointed by that ship. What yeah. a dis yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Wasted potential. Yeah, yeah. The art suggested sh suggested that it should just ram things. Um. Oh, another good one from Butts Double. Um, what classes, character choices didn't make it onto this this final team? What were other things you guys uh, considered? If you could think back that far to when oh, we good. started this, that was like a uh, year ago, man. Uh, what was? Repeat the question. Uh, what classes, character choices didn't make it into the final team? What were things uh, you guys considered for TLC oh. that you didn't end up playing? Um, Ogden was almost a Technomancer Mystic Multiclasser. Um, completely different direction. Um, uh, my, my goal, it was a weird build that I had, because if you multiclass Mystic and Technomancer, you get, I think, almost every single skill as a class skill, and then you just take uh, like synergy for acrobatics and or athletics, I think. 
Um, and then he was just going to have a whole bunch of support spells and blasting spells, and he could use spell gems from both uh, casting lists. Uh, this was not taking Witch Warper into account. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he would have been solely focused on uh, casting spells and supporting, like uh, Supercharge and stuff like that. Because uh, Supercharge is a great level 1 spell that doesn't cost you anything uh, in terms of attack rolls. So, yeah. I mean, he still ended up supporting. He did, yeah, yeah. Um, just alternating with... Uh, Anti-supporting? Poisoning. Poisoning, yeah. Poisoning the bad guys, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, Adelaide wound up being a lot more crowd control via environment rather than crowd control by, like, debuffs. Um, she did have, like, a few with, you know, eventually the Baleful Polymorph in that one time. Um, but she was gonna be more, like, trying to touch, like, until I was like, no, no, I don't want her any, I don't want her close enough to have to do touch spells. Um, it's scary only getting 5 SP so and HP scary. per level. So scary. <laughs> That's what stops me from building a melee Witch Warper. Aside from the fact <laughs> that I just, I still can't quite grok how the Witch Warper is supposed to work. You did a really nice job playing playing her, like, I, Adelaide turned out to be really, really cool. Um, but I just don't know if I would enjoy playing a Witch Warper. I just have the same problem with all spellcasters, honestly. And, like, especially in, yeah, especially in Starfinder with, like, the fewer spell level and yeah. no amazing cantrips. Ah, uh, cantrips uh, in PF2. Uh. Just love those cantrips in PF2. We're, we're never going to get over that. Um, and Chain Lightning. That's not a cantrip, though. That's off topic. You guys want to know how Tom kills everything with chain lightning? Go uh, ask ask in general on Discord. We'll tell you all about it. Unlimited power. He's getting way spoiled. Let's just say that. (laughs) What about Um, uh? Oh, I was going to ask because I didn't hear if Iris. Other people the same question. Yeah. Leif, did anything change with... Oh, you're muted now. Leif, you're talking to yourself. Oh, sorry. Um, I forgot that I'm being more liberal with my unmutedness. Yeah. Since we're not like actually in-game game. Um, I... I mean... <clears throat> Iris is a soldier. So, like... There really wasn't ever anything else that they were going to be. Um... As far because as like nuance and stuff, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think what I did with Iris was I went down the list. I was like, okay, well, I did. Um, I've done an intelligence based uh, soldier. I've done a wisdom based soldier. You guys didn't get to see see that one, but uh, Zadian, oh, power armor, Zadian, uh, just uh, po- power armor. But otherwise, he was shrimpy. But uh, yeah, that's beside the point. Um, he's just one of my favorites of all time. Uh, I was just, so I went down the list and was like, okay, well, I guess I got to make a charisma one now. Oh, this lines up because we're doing a, you know, intrigue AP. It'll be perfect. So Iris was just kind of destined to exist, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Laska changed much. Um, I 
I, I wanted the the idea of um, the character based off of, like John Marcone just seemed very appropriate for TFC. I don't know if he was going to be any other classes. I, I might have toyed around with making him an envoy, but I had already done that on stream, and I didn't feel the need to do it again. Mm. Um, the melee decision was mostly just like the... I, th I think I designed Last Go Around when Calm came out, which is where the which is the book that had the death strike uh, exploit? So I wanted to play around with that mechanically. The, e the edgiest slash most anime sounding of all the operative exploits. Yeah, <laughs> death strike. Uh, that's a good. It's, uh, it's it's a great exploit. It's a great it exploit is. though. It really opened it up is. melee operative uh, builds quite a lot. What about Adelaide? Yeah. I, I mean, talked about Adelaide. Yeah, I. I had gone in knowing that I wanted to do a sort of evil lawyer, rule-bending, well, rule-bending, rules of the universe-bending, witch warper. Um, and I did what I usually do, which is I'm like, okay, uh, I want to play this, and I want to have this skill. Hey, Tom, what class, <laughs> what, what race should I play? And Tom is like, uh, featherweight human. And I'm like, there we go. And then that's how I built her backstory. I'm like, okay, if she was a feather light human, then she must have grown up without a lot of gravity and it wrote itself. I'm just happy that my weird ability to to like digest and absorb all of the rule books into my head has been used by other people too. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be a resource. <laughs> You're, Tom is and a great I, resource. We all go to, like, anytime we're like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. Tom? Yeah, I, I don't... Tom, you know what's in all the books? What's new and exciting? Tell us. Tell us more. I don't even know how to buy, like, equipment. I don't look at equipment lists. I go, Tom, or sometimes Leif. I have money. Tom, what should I do with it? I have 100,000 credits because I haven't spent anything in three levels, and we're level 12. Oh, Buy a Mark III ability upgrade. That's something that you can never normally do in an AP, but we've just gotten so much pronking money. So go go buy that. That solves your problem. And it did. Yeah. It Very really quick, did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, we got a lot of resources in this AP, it's true. Yeah, towards the end. Um, it was really good. Uh, really broke the mold on, ah, we're starved for resources, which I feel in yeah, every I, other Starfinder. I guess AP. that's true. Did we, fair, do you think we you got win. more stuff in this one than Donna? We got a lot of money. Uh, in terms of straight cash that we could then turn into resources, absolutely. Um, in the last two, in the last two books, it also helps that this time you guys like started out in the vast and ended at Absalom Station. Yeah, other usually it's the other have way around. Started in civilization yeah. and you've ended out like way out in the vast of space where it's like, got resources, but you can't shop. There's no shops. I mean, you can construct stuff, right? Like Starfinder yeah. kind of smoothed that over. All you need is someone, a, a mystic or an well, engineer. Yeah, we and, a, and a workshop. Yeah, we also, yeah. Yeah, Nick at oh, one point described... Well, I mean, raw, you would have to, like, sell them for UPBs, which you can't really Not, do out in space. No, you can, I've you can break things. You, like, you can break things down. Um, I don't think there's into, actually a rule for it, is there? Maybe there is. I'm, I'm fairly certain there is. Um... But I, I do remember Nick describing benevolent. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you are a kind and benevolent GM. Don't get me wrong. Um, I remember Nick describing it. Our... 
in our Dead Sons game, uh, describing it as the UPB machine. Um, because yeah. we're <laughs> Dead Sons. Yeah, Dead Sons has no provisions for the fact that, well, after a certain point in the AP, let's call it uh, about halfway through, uh, you're not going to be in civilization anymore, so you don't get to go buy things anymore. Um, but, yeah. Like, you guys just have a recycler on the ship. You just throw yep. things in it, and it gives you 10, 10% UVBs back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it space. mentions... I think the core rulebook mentions breaking things down into that 10%. You just, uh, it just takes time. Yeah. Food processor. Uh, maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. And maybe you need to have the appropriate workshop, an arcane workshop or a tech workshop or I'm whatever. I'm sure Tom the is the right, Ghost. Tom, Tom is the, the, not a rules lawyer. Maybe the rules Advocate? librarian. Yeah, yeah, that one. Advisor? Besides, like we need to we need to shift our sucking up from Nick onto Tom now because all Tom right. is now going to be our benevolent. And now dictator. I can use all of my knowledge for Eve. I mean, good no. rules, more professor. good <laughs> rules, professor. That's yes, it. Yes, I like that. Yes, yes. Master I'll, uh, rules. I'll start wearing jackets with the little elbow Wait. patches <laughs> on them. Uh, oh, like most of my shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I bear sharp elbows. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. He literally wears holes in the elbows, and I have patched them. Although he's worn those out. Sharp elbows, like I said. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what else to do. Um, um. Well, what? What else? What else? Um, interesting. Um. Oh, Butso asked me uh, if there was enemy I didn't get to use and wish that I could. There were some dinosaurs way back in book two that I dinosaurs. didn't throw at these guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the lab, there were supposed to be more of those phase encounters. Like you guys fought those Tashtaris in the hallway that were like seeping through holes in reality because the the phase reactor was melting down. You remember that? Mm. There were a no. bunch more of those encounters. Um, but I didn't get to run all of them because oh, um, it was, we just ran out of time. We didn't have all yeah. the encounters there. Uh, and there were some dinosaurs, and I really wanted to make them fight phase-shifting dinosaurs. But That would have been fun. Yeah, phase-shifting, Tom? Fun? Really? I can, say that, I can say that now from my vantage on high in the future. Present, uh, past Tom probably would have been like, ah! But, you know. Oh, yes. I you guys would have been very. Ah! That was part of why yes. I cut it out because you guys were already having like a very long day. There was nowhere for you to stop and rest. And I wanted you to get to the, the actual meltdown part and have the reptoid stewards rescue you. You know, the totally yeah. legitimate we were, stewards. We were the totally legitimate stewards. We were yeah. running over. I remember Leif Hecking suspected them immediately, <clears throat> was uh -huh. so suspicious. And I was like, Dude, they've given you no reason to be suspicious. Why are you this way? Because it's a because that's the name of the AP. You remember we, that uh, You're talking you're to muted. yourself again. Oh, I I do vaguely remember that. <laughs> well, Leif said it before. Immediately this suspicious. this AP this AP really did teach us to be suspicious of everyone, and it's been exhausting, if I can say. <laughs> it has. This yeah. has been. Uh, a great AP, don't get me wrong, but not trusting 
anyone except yeah. like Vic Forsman and uh, his Hector. his uh, Hector. Thank you, his uh, associate. Um, that's that's exhausting. That's very isolating. Um, yeah, even Zig Vorsen, we were suspicious of for a pretty long time, too. You were, yeah. Yeah. And, but then you also got, like, Verifier Key and Confluence and Terminal. Toward, mm-hmm. Towards the end, yeah. you really built up a very good network. Yeah, although, I mean, I had a hard time trusting Terminal, even. Because we never really met and didn't yeah. know what their yeah. deal was. Terminal mm-hmm. may or may not be a sentient bit of code. Cute. Love it. And very yet cool. also annoying. Oh, incredibly. No. Terminal is, a, uh, in my head, like, the book never confirms this, but in my head, I was playing Terminal as, like, this this algorithm that just, like, gains sentience um, and has learned from the internet. And to live for the lulls. And talks in memes. And yeah, talks yeah. in memes. <laughs> uh, which I wish I had had a better way. I really thought about doing it all, like, in chat. But then it wouldn't translate over to our podcast. No, um, no, no. Oh, gosh, if we'd been playing this as a game like... just for us, it would have all been in chat, just memes. It would have been all you got from Terminal. Oh my god. That's, that's like uh, the Kenku, um, or, or Tengu, if you will. Uh, or Kenku and D&D only talk making sounds that they've heard, right? Like, that's the only way they communicate. So, like, the same kind of thing, but with code and memes. <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah. That's wild. But what's the name Nothing of that? But, but the office memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the name of that they, species? It's like a cuttlefish that uh, only talks in emojis. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. the Stellafera. Um, Stellafera. Yeah, that was. Oh my god, that was back in our Aeon Throne game because that's when they were first introduced. And yeah, Nick had them just because we didn't share a language. Because Stellafera, like they talk, but we didn't have a language with them, so they just spoke in emojis, and it was. Or uh, flashing lights. Yeah, yeah, because that particular style of era was in like a suit that had like emoji things on it because they were a merchant right. who didn't always share language with mm. people. Uh, so they had a telepathic emoji thing. Yeah, I, I love this. No ghost. So much. It doesn't talk. No, Terminal doesn't talk in XML. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I assume this is a coding joke. Um, <laughs> Probably. Yes, XML is a yes. sort of old um, data format. Yes, that's hence monster. Um, Jet wanted to know, one last icebreaker question, we'll sneak it in. What cute print socks would each of your characters wear? Oh my goodness. If they wore cute print socks, which, I mean, now you're all like private private citizens without, I mean, you probably still got some, some grays and the reptoids probably showing up on the fringes of your life forever. Uh, but now you have time mm. to shop for cute print socks. What, what kind of cute print socks? Right. Cute print socks? As in yes. like Are little not... hamburgers or like, you know, w- hedgehogs on your socks. I don't know if somebody like, has remember like Remember when your company sent you those socks with your logo on it? Yeah, I guess. They were too thin. Yeah, that's my, fi- that's my problem with cute print socks as well. They're too they thin. They usually are. Yeah, they're usually cheap. Uh, Tom, Ooh. what what kind of socks do um, you buy? I'm gonna Who's reach Amazon? out at what at what Butt Stubble just uh posted, and yeah, Ogden would have uh Burger Time, uh officially licensed Burger Time socks, um, <laughs> or Burger Club. Who's selling uh, officially licensed Burger Club socks? 
Uh, let's see. It's it's obviously Harold. Harold oh, yes. has become the yeah. face of Burger Club uh, print socks. Yes, it is um, now a it's a uh, um, subsidiary of Pinnacle. Also runs also runs a fast food yeah. chain. Yep, yep, yep. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Adelaide would have uh, little Electrovore socks. I'm trying to decide. Mm-hmm. I think that the socks look like Electrovores rather than having little Electrovores on them. Very cute. Mm. Very cute. Uh, Leif, what about Iris? What kind of novelty socks do they got? In, in the never-ending struggle for um, Android freedom everywhere, there's no time for cute print socks, I'm afraid. If there were not time. even for fundraising, not even for fundraising, and I'm not. What if there not were? Because I ha- I'm drawing a blank on this one. No, uh-huh. certainly not. <laughs> if there, but if, but if there were time, Lave, there just isn't. It's not conceivable. Inconceivable. Oh, <laughs> All right, I've asked everyone else, Simon. Yeah, I'm also struggling with this one, but I will steal the idea that Leif rejected, which is for fundraising, or, or, or for campaign fundraising, you will sell uh, Absalom Station socks. Any little Absalom Stations on them? With, uh, with, eye, with googly eyes. Oh, oh. They love the googly <laughs> eyes. They bring in way oh. more campaign funds than the non-googly eye socks. They have focus yeah. groups. Yeah, you know. Adelaide yeah. ran focus groups. <laughs> that's her jam I would totally wear Absalom station socks dear Paizo please make us Absalom station socks we will buy them and wear them at least me and Jet mm. will they're I mean, adorable they say they're endorsed by uh, non-standard actions Lasco <laughs> uh, for his yeah. campaign run on Absalom station hi I'm <laughs> Lasco and these are my favorite socks on Absalom station on the station yes Yes. <laughs> Vote Aaron. Vote Aaron. Oh yeah, not Lasco. I'm not Lasco. I'm not Lasco. I don't well, know who that now is. Now I'm picturing. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. trying to picture. And these are my favorite socks on the station. Uh-huh. Given Lasco, given Lasco's little spats, though, can you imagine him wearing the socks? Like, do his claws stick out the front? Or yeah. how, mm. how do we want to think that? There works? aren't even any socks on that art. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> you wear spats. socks. I never thought about this. Yusoki <laughs> traditionally don't seem to wear wear a lot of socks. Yeah, you're right. I'm so I'm yeah, going the, zooming the spats, in. I don't think Seth drew any socks. Point, the spats were a sticking point in the art creation. Anyway, if I they remember were. correctly, <laughs> they were very contentious. <laughs> Seth had me do a lot of research on some like furry art pages to figure out what shoes could possibly look like for Yusoki. See, all because I. I heckled them. It's a fun dive, I'm sure. I was like, is your character really not going to wear shoes? I'm going to make all kinds of caltrops on the floor if your character doesn't wear shoes. And I wasn't serious. I wasn't actually, I was like, <laughs> not actually going to punish Simon for his art not uh, having shoes. I'm like, and yet. But, but I was. I, uh, I was and, just and, giving them flame. Yeah. But. Sure. Sure. Uh, but I was happy with the shoes. I think it gave him a more sophisticated air as I was going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it turned out yeah. really well, yeah, definitely. and this is why you know you got you got to give your players a little bit of flame. Just push them to be a little bit better. And if you want art, if you want good art, Seth, give Seth is great. Player, oh, to Seth, flame. 
I see, I see you over there taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably uh, a good transition to what's happening with our, our next series. So exciting. Um, as many of you know, we closed our guessing game contest last night. Our high score was six. I don't recognize the email address because um, I forgot to put what's your Discord handle in the um, in the quiz. So I'll release the scores today and reach out to uh, the winner, figure out how they want to be congratulated, um, and we'll do that publicly on Discord because we don't want to we don't want to short our winner. You know, bragging rights. Got yeah. bragging rights. But oh, we yeah. also don't want to expose their email address. No. But we also don't want to just give your email address to everybody on our Discord server. Yeah. Um, all, all these nine viewers, they're going to spam the hell out of you. Yes, yeah. Everybody on our Discord server is awful. Uh-huh. That's not yeah. true. Everyone on our Discord server is lovely. Way to go, hot um, stuff 6969. You're a winner. <laughs> nice. Um, but I'm actually going to release those scores right now. So if you um, submitted a response, you can check your email here shortly and see what score you got. Um, and we'll go over what the answers were right now. Yeah? Yeah, why not? Um, sure. Yeah, we're only an hour in. I don't yeah. do we need to take a break? No, we're good. I think so. No. Yeah. Um Do we wanna tell so, everybody what everybody's playing? Or I do made- we wanna is I made some shiny plan? slides, uh, and the answers Ooh. are in folks' emails already. Oh, um, excellent. Okay. Cool. So, so everybody who, um, you know, submitted a response it. is going to know what the answers are. They're hearing it first. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're still only showing the silhouettes of the art and not the... Right. Okay. So I'll okay. start with this, uh, with this first slide. Um, everyone looking at Roll20? Everybody ready? I'm looking at roll 20. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking. All right. First slide. Oh, whose character is this? Oh, sorry. Let me get that into frame real quick, Aroni. (laughs) Whoop. Aha. Are we supposed to, like, claim this character if it's ours, or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because they will know when they get rid of the results. Yeah. When they get their email, yes. It's mine! Absolutely. Is a Kasatha outlaw envoy, and uh, well, uh, if you think that um, Adelaide was uh, duplicitous is not quite the right word, but conniving. That, I mean, Antinor is not conniving, huh? <laughs> Leaf, what was that? <laughs> We're just giving you a hard time. We're giving giving you fleem <laughs> as per Nick's notes. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, if you thought that uh Adelaide had a bit of a a bit of a past, uh Auntie Nuna can give her a run for her money. Um but you wouldn't suspect it, as she's well, she's an elderly Kasatha. She likes to knit and drink tea. And uh also I'm still working on her voice. Gotta hit that basis of sounding aged without ruining my voice by doing it for four hours. Yeah, yeah the voices are still in workshop, but but oh, one man. of these days we gotta put it out there. But well, you know what? Well, we got two weeks. 
Right? That's Simon's, that's ages. That's ages for me to finish prepping. Simon's um, voice is going to be great. Is great. Uh, basically, you're just so, putting so much pressure on me. It, anyhow, uh, Adelaide was a debuffer, so Auntie Nuna is going to be a buffer. Um, she's going to be a support character um, who helps the rest of the crew be their best. I'm very, very excited nice. for Auntie Nuna. I, I pronking love all of your characters, so I'm going to say that about every one of your characters. Um, but yeah, Auntie Nuna is going to be really cool. Yes. And uh, if you can tell from the... Uh, speaking of adorable footwear, I don't know if you can tell it very well from the silhouette, but she is wearing Squawks slippers. They were originally bunny slippers, and I'm like, you know, they don't have bunnies in space. They do have squawks. There are no rabbits in space. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. There might be rabbits in space, but I do, I do love those, those slippers. You guys will get to see the full slippers when we start releasing the full art next week. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to move yep. this ribbon. Are we ready? <gasps> Who's next? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Oh Who's snap! This? It's Catch. That would be mine. Catch is a tiefling um, mechanic who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Um, he's he's super. He's he's just a gearhead. He's super into um, street racing uh, with um, not not so uh, strictly uh, legally procured street racing vehicles, and um, yeah. When they're when they're not doing that, you can catch them down at the uh, at the um, lower level bars on Absalom Station, the rough and tough oh, places. Are you they can... a pool shark? Yes, that was intentional. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Uh, you want to tell us maybe a little bit about the the mechanics you're going to be playing? Yeah, because you're oh, for goodness. once not playing yeah, a soldier. Not just, what? What? Not what, just what, any what's mechanic. Your, what's your type? They uh, um, he is super into uh, weapon prototypes, so he's going to be a weapon prototype mechanic. We're going to get and to explore that new iteration of, of uh, mechanics. Not so new, but new to me. It's going to be a lot it's of new fun. to this party. Yeah, nobody's what, played yeah. one What's... of the prototype mechanics here. Yeah. I've, yeah. You all, you all may be incredibly shocked to realize that I am not playing a soldier this time around. Yes. Right? Yeah, I was For very time. shocked. Yeah. Are you going to be? Uh, no, remember life. Remember life. Your base attack bonus is not one to one. It's, I I would not remember that. Fortunately, I don't need to remember that. Thank you, roll twenty. Yay. <laughs> mm. Um. What's what's catches like roll party roll? Oh yeah. Well, obviously mechanics. So they're going to be the um, mechanic. <laughs> 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 they're going to be uh, you know. You, and anytime you're looking for him, he's probably going to be holed up in the engine room, oh, um, or possibly the. Uh, well, who am I kidding? Our ship's not going to have some sort, any sort of like. Um, fa Why can't I remember what it's called? Fabrication plant, uh, tech workshop. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, you're just working a company rig right now. Yeah. There's so. Like... Right so, now, yeah. what was that? What was that, Tom? I said at the start of the AP, you're just working a company rig, Simon. It's an interesting emphasis, Tom. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, it is, isn't it? Is. it? 
You mean you expected you expected to have the same job for the six books of the AP Simon? Yeah, I was I was getting ready to just like you know pick up boxes and move them to a pile of boxes. Yeah, six I mean, books that's, of that. that's what this that's what this adventure is going to be. It's just going to be everything going right for you all, and you're going to you're going to get steady promotions, and it's got the boxes gonna be better get pretty high. heavy by the time we hit book six, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these are going to be some epic tier boxes, Simon. Don't yeah. you worry. All box right. CR thirteen. Roll to pick it up. thirteen box. It's a mimic. Oh no! We step back. And let the those. real that adventures was a fun, That was a that was a fun one. That that um, vending machine mimic was great. That was pretty oh, funny. My. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop this ribbon again. Ready? Ready? It's gonna be ready. Oh, yeah. Snap. Oh snap. Uh, yes, we are Marioth. We have been at Edge Corp Company for many years. We find that the job is tolerable. And, um, since we don't need a room, it's very easy for the company to keep us on. Uh, yes, Marioth is a, uh, Spethine colony, a swarm of bugs who are in aggregate, a sentient entity. Um, wasn't they this the a... one that like nearly everybody guessed? Yeah, uh, I've, I have I have elsewhere spoken about how I'm fascinated by the Spathne. Uh, yeah, not... I think that was the most common right answer that anybody got was that Simon was going to play Spathne, but a lot of people got the class wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the class the class is an interesting one. I, I'm not sure if I how deeply I wanted detail it right now because Marioth doesn't like use their Solarian powers much if at all since you know as as Tom mentioned right now we really just <clears throat> pick up boxes and put them on other boxes and mm-hmm. in a way you could sort of uh, in, in thinking of our roles at the beginning of the book the phrase wasted potential has been thrown around as a common theme <laughs> yes. um, yeah Although a uh, counterpoint would be that space is dangerous. Uh, yeah, there are dangerous yeah, yeah. people out there, and you have to occasionally defend your your product. So it's not unheard of for for employees to go around armed, uh, especially on long hauls. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, I guess that's uh, so two two points I'll bring up. That, yeah, uh, I think I mispronounced uh, Mareoth. on Yeah, Mareoth is the right pronunciation. Uh, we keep on wanting to call call them uh, Marioth because that like feels more. I think that's the more intuitive pro- English pronunciation, but it's not the one it's I want to be go Mary with. The whole time. No, it's not. It's Marioth. It's Mar- If you want to, if you wish to to shorten it, uh, Murray would make more sense. Oh, this is going to be a Mary great. isn't even a subset of the phoneme. But yeah, I suppose right, it's Mary. up to you. Fair enough. Uh, I found the I found the number. Seven out of nine responses got Simon's race correct. Mm, That's fair. Mm-hmm. I like bugs. And, uh, I also, guess I like distributed consciousnesses. It doesn't have yeah, to be. Yeah, I was going to say. Someone got the class. Not one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have... si- similar to Leif, Simon always pl- Leif always plays soldier. Simon always prefers operatives, even if he hasn't always played an operative on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, Solarian's an interesting choice. Well, I was I was frustrated as everyone who has ever pl- rolled a Solarian has by the low number of skills you get. Like, what do I? How do I go from an operative to a Solarian? It's going to be very frustrating. Oh Sometimes yeah. It's pretty, 
Going from you just a have to find other things to do mechanic. with your time. Like my Solarian in Attack of the Swarm is constantly trying to get the food processor to make cherry pie, and he can't do it. Got no engineering. Yeah. Does oh, yes, oh Moraeth? While other people are doing things, Moraeth has a lot of potential to do hijinks on the ship. Yeah. Oh my god! So I am still, many. I am still disturbed by the fact that we have an infestation of one of our crewmates. Yeah. In the vents. <laughs> It saves a room in the ship. You can have a, so the company can give you a smaller ship. That's why they like Maria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking. I can think of so many ways to make it grosser, but I'm not because uh, Nick really hates bugs. I grew up in Alaska. We don't have bugs. We have giant mosquitoes, and that's about it. Bag me up here, life. You're you're talking you're to yourself. But but you nodded, so that's probably good enough. Yeah, you did. You did the awkward reverse mute. Damn it! <laughs> Unrelated, yeah. but these guys have yeah. been listening to me a lot talk about how the heck am I going to find an apartment? How will I know if it has cockroaches? That's the thing I have to worry about if I move to the states. Oh no! Oh gosh, I don't know anything about this. My apartment doesn't have cockroaches. Yeah, mine, mine doesn't either. I had yeah. to look up how to know, man. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. How, how, I don't know. Uh, how did? Yeah, but I think. I figure Moraeth probably does shoot his, like, purple bolts. So, uh, not his. Shoot there. their purple bolts, and they... I, I I figure that most people who encounter them probably just chalk it up to more Spathane weirdness, because they are very weird. They're so I'm really, weird. I'm really excited about being very weird, guys. It's Oh, man. If there's oh, one we... thing Simon likes, is it is being weird. We <laughs> joked around about um, Simon's character being a... What... what class was it uh the nanite the nanocyte yeah where um perhaps each of the bugs is a little mechanic piloting a tiny drone yeah that would be that that would be a lot probably keeps all the bugs all the other bugs out of our vents with yeah marayoth 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 i'm just gonna say it a hundred times like i just Marayoth. Yeah, focus on the Kong focus Kong. on the A. It's it's easy to it. just like yeah, Marayoth, yeah. Um, oh, how would they interact with other bugs? Uh non sentient bugs? I am yeah, sorry that bugs. you do not have a hive like mine. <laughs> uh, I only need, need to think about that. I have a few them? different do ideas. Do they become part of your swarm? Yeah. <laughs> well just like a job to the other that. bugs? I'm torn. Bethany is like Bees don't adopt other bugs, right? Ants don't adopt yeah. other bugs. They yeah. eat those bugs. I think bugs. that you can do what you want. It's true. You could be born Mar- bugs. Like Marayoth are way smarter. Uh, so I'll think so about this. I'll think about this. So no, we'll hold come on. up with an it, answer. It's perfect. Think about it like this. It's like it's like the uplifted bear thing. But every time <laughs> you come across a new insect, you uplift it and add it into your own collective lifted cockroach. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. you gotta imagine, uh, like, as you take damage in combat, you're probably oh yeah, losing, dying. like, a few bugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tens or oh, hundreds easily. of bugs, yeah. depending yeah. on the head. Um, yeah, everyone in the colony is very, um, you know, they're, they're very, very memento mori. You know, they accept, they accept yeah. death as <laughs> a part of life, and they're, they're, each, of the, each of the constituents' lives are only, like, I don't know, probably a week at best. Yeah? yeah. But then, but then how does that like, create the longevity of the... Of the colony, you just oh the reproductive cycle is like a day. 
Okay. All right. Yep. That's all I need to know. Thank you. <laughs> like Bud Stubbles. Marayoth is just uh, Marayoth handing out like tiny pamphlets to other bugs. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. So each of the constituents is, is unintelligent, right? The idea is that only in aggregate are they anything resembling sentient. So it's like uh, combined it, processing power kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, so like the get. So yeah, like kind of like the get. Like so the so on, uh, so other bugs can only really join if they're able to communicate with enough like bandwidth to the rest, and that probably depends on what their communication organs are. If they like communicate hmm. by scent, that's probably incompatible. Yeah, I'll I'll think about this. Maybe some bugs, not others. I like. We it. can move on. I can talk about Mareth all day, but we should probably talk about other characters. Yeah, uh, I need to move the ribbon again. Uh, sorry, I was doing some some planning and uh, that I should have done yesterday. Let me let me move this ribbon. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? Uh, oh, it's uh, me! Yay! It's me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be playing uh, Sloane. Sloane, as you can see, is a. Uh, uh, Aethamar space pirate operative. Uh, auntie Nuna is is actually Sloane's auntie, probably more than anybody else's. Um, auntie Nuna helped to to raise her. Mm -hmm. uh, grew up on a salvage ship. May or may not not actually be qualified for this job as captain of this ship, but you know, Auntie Nuna made a great resume. And uh, well, you can't prove I'm lying. You can't prove I didn't work that ship. It's it, yeah. it got blown up. Everyone else is dead. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. Um, so I'm the operative this time. Um, Good stuff. No, no. I never named my own characters, Steve. Just everybody else's characters. <laughs> um, although one of these days, one of these days, I'm gonna have to make like Super Steve uh, for a campaign. Maybe that'll maybe Ask that'll be the next sure. one. Um. <laughs> But I really, um, I really thought we needed a female captain. We haven't. We, this is series four, and we haven't had like a, a female captain, and it was time. Sloane uh, mm. is um, also got a bit of a bit of a chip on her shoulder. We're gonna have an interesting dynamic between Sloane and Catch, um, both being planar scions from opposite sides of the tracks. Um, yeah. But also like. Pro probably get along pretty well, honestly. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, yeah, so her role is, you know, team leader. Um, mm -hmm. Building towards, like, a sword and pistol, very faith pirate thing. Han Solo, Malcolm Reynolds-inspired kind of character. Mm -hmm. um, you guys haven't gotten to see me play one of these characters, but this is one of my favorite archetypes to play. And Tom's probably up for some trouble. Um, as as Tom well knows, having played with my last space pirate in another game. Well, I feel like the bill has come due. That's all right. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take the free trader archetype, probably. Um, unless Tom comes back and says, no, that's going to be useless. Um, so we can play around with some of those rules. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so Sloan's gonna be really good at all the all of the talking skills. Really good at lying to people. Really good at finding cargo um, and taking care of her team. They're they're all sort of new 
here at the beginning, but uh, I think she's going to for sure come to think of these. Except for Auntie Nina. We can't, we're, uh, we're a package deal. Yep. Uh, basically going has been for here the, for a while. Yeah. We're basically going for the Uncle, Uncle Iroh-Prince uh, Zuko dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Sloane might be a bit too hot-headed for uh, her own good. Um, try to make bad decisions, and then Auntie Nina will be like, why don't we have a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> and think about this rashfully. I'm thinking I'm the Avatar. <laughs> I'm thinking our dynamics probably a lot like uh what they had in Bossing Say when Uncle Iroh had the tea shop. Yeah. Like we're finally mm-hmm. like settled and things are good. And Zuko, you know, Zuko can't fucking sit still. Uh pronking. You know <laughs> and then pronking. Um oh, yeah, nobody noticed. <laughs> no one, no one noticed for sure. Um but you know Zuko is still like on a mission to capture the Avatar and regain regain his honor. Sloane's going to have a similar kind of thing. Um, despite the fact that we have a ship and a crew, it's not going to be enough. And yeah. yeah, We'll see how that yeah. unfolds. Yeah. Um, I do have one more character. Um, if aha! 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 A new contender has appeared... Uh, I'm going to drag this over. Jet, who is this person that I'm showing on the screen you can't see? They have horns. You can see with that 10-second delay. Oh, you're deafened uh, now, Jet. Oh, Jet, you're deafened. Oh, we can... Hello. Uh, one second, I have to mute Twitch, because I was just watching and enjoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, you know, I meant to message you last night and be like, uh, Jet, you want to come on tomorrow and talk about Gus? Because we're all going to talk about our characters. All right. Well, this is this is Gus. I'm a noir prole nanosite. Uh, I'm a miner, formerly. Uh, had a bit of an accident. Had to get out of there. Managed to finally talk my way onto a ship, and uh, I don't want to go underground for a good long while. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, what's Gus's like, like role on the? Uh, Gus is supposed to get between ev- the be- anyone that wants to hurt his crewmates and his crewmates, and he's going to be a little bit like Simon from Gurnlogan and hopefully drill his way through any obstacles eventually. Complete with it looks like from this silhouette a drill. Yeah, that is an aspirational drill. I could not afford a drill. It is a level two piece of equipment. <laughs> Aspir- no, that's good. We talked about aspirational art versus uh, versus like you know where we start art kind of deal. Um, so yeah, and and ninja. He's a he's a miner, not a miner. He's actually like in his mid to late forties. Uh, ninja. If you didn't make the ball. joke, I was going to. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah, uh, he's supposed I'm, to be a big, friendly goofball, and I'm—he's—I'm going to make him try so hard to be Catch's best friend. <laughs> oh man! Because <laughs> Catch uh, is just so cool. He's so cool. Super cool. So cool. You I'm can't, really you can't even tell just from that that you. silhouette. But when we got hey. the art, we were all like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> whoa. "Whoa!" Total thirst trap. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait until you see the art. Uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we all collectively were like, we're like, 
I think I'm like kind a little of little uncomfortable with how sexy your heart is. Like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think like the five percent of me that's like eh is like wow. All right, catch. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm pretty nice. Sure. That was all of us. Yeah. More credit for for <laughs> doing that, but like I really just put the idea in. Um, how do you pronounce our our new artist? Nicola. Oh, yeah, Nicola. Nicola. Uh, yeah. put, just put gave her the the uh, you know the deets and she created. <laughs> yeah, one character. Self. That um, is right. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say I'm super excited to see a nanosite in play. Um, this is as uh, anybody following Starfinder will know a playtest class. Um, if and when we get the, I don't remember when they're releasing the manual for this. Uh, that that involves this like class. Which the, which is the uh, it's Tech Revolution. Um, August is what Ninja's Ninja is saying. So okay. if if and when uh, we get that book in the middle of the campaign, if it makes sense to, uh, we will convert Gus. Uh, but honestly, with our with our yes, as we did with Ninden and the Vanity Bananites get an update and they have to reconfigure themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> All of a sudden, maybe Gus has like one less stamina point per level, or maybe all of his class abilities not. don't exist anymore. Or I hope not. sorry, that was the vanguard. Um, but you're not bitter or anything. That all happened. No, no, and honestly, the vanguard needed it. The vanguard is still really strong. Um, but uh, yeah, so really, really excited for the nanosite. What uh, what focus is Gus going to be going on for his nanite class? Uh, nana nanosite. The nanite, uh, what do you call it? Configurations? Oh. Tell us about the nanosite, Jet. Tell you about the nanosite. I'm going to pull up my little binder here. Ooh. He's got a binder. I've got a binder. Nice. I needed a binder. Yeah, I mean, so, the nanosite is the most, ma most math-intensive yeah. class I've seen so, there's, so there's there's two things that you pay attention to with the nanosite. You've got your array, which allows you to sheathe yourself in nanites, exude clouds of nanites, and then you have the gear array. As far as the arrays go, I'm focusing on the gear array. I'm going to be manufacturing stuff out of nanites. Um, and then as far as uh, like an archetype, I'm focusing on obliteration. Oh dear. That sounds Any ominous. Any weapon I grab gains the penetrating quality and the boost quality. Doesn't even have to be something I manufacture. That's pretty cool. That is neat. Do we want to talk a little bit about like builds because we're uh, we're gonna release stories and art next week, but do we maybe want to talk a little bit about how we got to these these builds and why we picked sure. what we did that kind of stuff? I have I have no problem with that. Simon and I struggled a little bit. We had powwow sessions because we were trying to figure classes and stuff out. <laughs> For a moment, mm -hmm. there was almost two nanosites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we mentioned the uh, tiny robots. Yeah, this, yeah. Tiny Simon robots. was leaning into like, I think it's a toxin archetype for the nanosite or something like that, and focusing on oh, the, the clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I guess this feels like slightly more of the content of like after the campaign than before the campaign. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we don't really know how they're going to evolve yet. No, yeah. no, we don't. Uh, well, we had some interesting discussions around our initial decisions. 
Um, like I know Tom and I teased that somebody had a homebrewed uh thing, uh, and that is uh that's mine. Tom and I put together mm. a smug a smuggler specialization for operative because there was not an operative specialization that did what I wanted to do. Um, we yeah. bashed together what the detective and the detective and the spy, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, it was the tec- detective and thief because the thief detective has the thief. Uh, their level. Their level 11 specialization benefit that they get is like something about, oh, if a job goes wrong, you always have a provision. And that made perfect sense for a smuggler, but it wasn't tied to anything that uh, like Sloan isn't a thief. Uh, She's a smuggler, which is small distinction. Um, Yeah. We, and then we stole the specialization exploit of glimpse, the truth through glimpse, the truth off the detective. And I think the associated skills, culture and sense motive, we took off the detective too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, when we say we homebrewed it, we we cherry picked a few existing things and mashed them together to make a new specialization that just fit Sloan a little better. Um, we were also looking at some third party content, right? With uh, that lots of Owen Casey Steven, Stevens wrote uh, the the gunslinger one. You were looking at at one point, which was pretty. That sounded pretty cool, um, but I I understand uh, that people like. Uh, for I think Owen Casey Stevens, I heard, wrote the Pathfinder 1 conversion that's in the back of the Starfinder rulebook, uh, and that it, uh, the consensus on that is generally that it's a little overpowered. Um, mm. So it sounds like Owen Casey Stevens writes really cool stuff for Starfinder, but that it may not always be the most balanced. Um, oh, yeah. Which is why. And it's all in, dr- it's all in Drive Through RPG, if anybody yeah. wants to go grab it. There, there are some great um, alternate class features and things. If you can let your. Obviously you know, buy your third-party content and then run it by your GM before you use any of it. Do not yeah. bring third-party yeah. content on your GMs. Be good players. No. Um, no. Yeah. But there's great stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. And my my thinking with it, because Nick approached me and was like, hey, so none of this really fits my character. Uh, how do you feel about third-party content? My biggest thing was, uh, and even with homebrewing, uh, I just don't want it to overshadow anybody else or feel like it's too strong or whatever. So uh, I am very confident that we have not broken the game. Never fear. Uh, I have like a hundred new options for operatives, all homework stuff now. And I didn't end up using any of it, but it was a lot of fun to read through. And you supported creators and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Throw money at people who make cool content guys. Yeah. It's true. Support art. You're a patron, a patron of the arts. Yes. Yes. Of being a patron of the arts. Hmm. Um, but what about everybody else? Did anybody else struggle with their character decisions? I struggled real hard to settle on a class. I fairly <laughs> early on settled on Noir. Um, one of my longest lasting D&D characters ever was a Minotaur using the Savage Species rulebook from D&D 3.5. I got them to, from level 1 to level 23. Wow, and I kind of wanted to do a Minotaur, and Noir are baked right into the rules, and it's great. Uh, and then I was just struggling with class, struggling with class, and then I kind of fell into the Nana site, fell in love with it, and then Simon kind of fell in love with it a little bit, and then we were trying to figure out who was going to be it. Then we were both going to be it. Then I was spitballing with Simon, and I think I, I think I might have suggested Solarian. I think maybe, possibly. Maybe. And Simon kind of landed on that. (laughs) Simon, how did you end up? uh, Yeah. 
I'm sure uh, wants to know. You're not playing an operative. You went from one of the most skilled classes in the world to one of the least, <laughs> the least skilled, skilled classes in the yeah, world. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I have a great story for this. Um, it, I haven't played it. I, I think I saw... I was like just trying to find something that would like click with the Spathne, who I was like relatively attached to for this campaign. Um, but I was struggling too because Spathne are weird, uh, and I yep. wanted something else that was kind of weird. But that, uh... but yeah, like I struggled to think of like how it could be a soldier or anything like that. I'm not, um, and so Sola- I think Solarian appealed to me because it's. Um... I want like the I, I wanted the swarm not to just have a bunch of equipment the uh, the swarm like carrying you know wearing normal heavy armor and and you know wielding a big gun on its shoulder. It's an important a bit question lame to me. Yeah, yeah, like so the fact that the Solarian sort of has <laughs> natural weapons appealed. Yeah, yeah, we we joked a lot about like okay, so do they each have like their own tiny armor suit of armor or well, is it like yeah. And then Simon specifically didn't want, like, a humanoid-shaped swarm. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was one of my, my clearest instructions, too, uh, Anikola. It's, I wanted it to be a swarm. And indeed, it is. It does look like a swarm. She did find work on that. Um, but yeah, as for the armor thing, but the idea is that some of the constituents are, in the same way that a city has, like, town guards, right? The constituents have uh, the the colony has dedicated constituents to like protecting the border from things, and mm-hmm. they're the ones who uh, wear the broken down armor. I'm I'm still convinced that Simon just wanted to make all of my layout work really hard. <laughs> it did make your layout work very difficult. I should have. So you did I a good job. Fied. I should have Super. asked the swarm to be taller than wide. <laughs> Um, We should take this opportunity, by the way, to to credit our wonderful artist uh, who we found. I don't remember on whose recommendation. Uh, Might it have been Shades? I think it was Shades. Shades. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Thank you to everybody who suggested artists. Uh, But uh, we ended up going with Anicola. We're super duper happy that we did. Uh, She was... Great, great to work with. Uh, super professional, super talented, yeah. very reasonable awesome. price. And, um, you know. Up with Simon's Bathany really, craziness. Yeah. Very, no, to- very tolerant of, of me being very picky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and me, like, changing my mind every 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very tolerant. Yeah. <laughs> there was a minor crisis with Gus and the drill, and then mm-hmm. Gus and the strap on the drill. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, that strap. Meanwhile, I'm over here with Sloan every step of the way. Perfect. You knew exactly. Keep going. Yeah. Do the thing. You're a much yeah, better customer we even had, than we are. That was, that was the same with me. I um I even got some art done, uh, which you don't need to see because a silhouette of it would just look like a silhouette of me. Um, so you'll see you'll see the art when the time comes. Valley, but- Yes, but at yeah, least this time our GM will get to have a matching token in Discord with everybody else. That was that was mm-hmm. important to me because I yeah. felt a little bit left out all this season. Just saying, mm-hmm. Nick insisted on it, so it happened. Um, <laughs> I would I, I would not have worried, um, but I understand and empathize. I'm not trying to. Sorry, I'm not trying to mitigate <laughs> your feelings of being left out. Um, but yes, 
It's good art. I just want everyone. I just want everyone to match. Yeah, yeah. No, and it'll be good. Um, it's good. It'll art. be a weird thing to explain to everybody on the other Discord servers that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why? Well, who's that in your art? Oh, it's me. It's just me. Oh, no one's gonna oh, ask. So Who good. ever asked no about Discord yeah. icons? No one has ever asked me why I have a rat person as my Discord icon. I have had people say, huh, I thought uh, it was joking, admittedly, but it was uh, somebody that I was playing uh, for a playtest in, and they were like, huh, I thought you would sound more reptilian <laughs> because of your Ogden, <laughs> because of my Ogden uh, art as my mm -hmm. icon, but they were just giving me flame. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, art is great. Uh, you it all is. are going to pronking love it. You're going to lose your mind when you see it, especially catch again. Whew. Um, <laughs> yeah. Catch's last oh, name. Uh, yeah. Catch's yeah. last name is a, is a self, self fan. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm Catch. <laughs> catch has yeah. their own hey, soundtrack. Catch. They do something slightly dramatic and then some cool music riffs in the background. Oh, man. And then you get like those, those girls from uh, Beauty and the Beast who all go. Yes. Ah, the silly girls is what they're called. We ran Beauty and the Beast uh, like three years ago at my elementary school, and they are in fact the silly girls. Um, yes. Their name, which, you know, a bit they're just a bit derogatory, but that is their one job in the show is to be very silly. It's uh, yeah. good. It's good. I'm just gonna get Sloan's just gonna get like a hollow projector and do this to troll catch like forever. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Tom, is there anything um, you want to share with the audience about the upcoming AP? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I've been saying it every time we talk about it. I'm super excited. Uh, it's going to be a very different AP. Um, I'm not going to spoil big picture things, but it's not going to take the normal arc, the normal narrative arc here. Um, Someone's like, we're no heroes. Eyebrow wiggle. Yes. <gasps> they dropped the title of the first book. Oh my god. Oh my god, uh, god yes. the, uh, the title of the first book is We're No Heroes. Uh, so this is, uh, we're going to be starting off with Fly for Your Die. We're No Heroes. Um, the next one is then called Professional Courtesy, and so on and so forth. So uh, even the names of the books are less dramatic. Uh, except, I guess, the first one is like melodramatic. To be fair, we weren't really heroes in Threefold Conspiracy either. We were pretty heroic. We, were we just saved the galaxy from a. Uh, we just saved the galaxy from a, a reptoid conspiracy. Did yeah. save the pact world <sighs> from reptoids. Not that they were going to destroy the pact world. You know they yeah. were just going to keep doing die. what reptoids do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's why we totally thing. let them. That's why we let them go through with it. Oh wait, we didn't. Uh. But yeah, um, Fly Free or Die is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to get to play a lot of eclectic characters. Very excited about that. Um, get to do some fun voices. Uh, this, uh, this, this particular group of players, um, having played with them for almost three years now, uh, I know I have my work cut out for me. Um, uh, a lot no, of we're the, not going to uh, throw anything surprising at you. No, of course not. We all um, talked about that this time. That's that's what players do, right? They just play by the rules. They stay in their in the lanes, in the very they neatly do exactly laid out tracks really uh, and railroads. Yeah. 
Yep, um, yep, 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 yep. Yes. I mean, to be fair, yeah. we are pretty good about um, staying on the tracks. We've gotten compliments on this. We try. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Turns okay. out a flame. Well. We got told we're actually like really good players who do do a good job of justifying staying on the tracks nicely and not <laughs> fucking up yeah, our GM. That's true. Honking up our GM. Come on, Nick. <laughs> I'm what? sorry. I don't know. I say pronking in real life now, okay? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Yeah. If I said it around my elementary kids, some of them would get it as the analog that it is, though, and I would still get in trouble. Um, Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh, I <laughs> Children. Um, last year, I no. played a video where this barbershop quartet, like, said, uh, full of shh. And they stopped themselves because it was a goof. But then one of the second graders was like, oh, they were about to say, and I was like, stop it, Timmy. Don't say it. They weren't going to say anything. They, they didn't say anything, did they, Timmy? Did they? And he was like, nothing at all. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Second graders anyway. learning about technicalities. Yes, yes. I was told um, that's my, it. I was teaching them a life my, lesson. My kindergartners, you know, there's a time and a place for that word. This is not the time mm-hmm. or the place. Mm-hmm. You need to learn yeah. to use it properly. It's a powerful word. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, words have meanings and yes, words of yes. power. It was uh, that was the that was good in context, or it wasn't. Sometimes wrong context, but you're still not allowed to say it here. It's still the wrong place. <laughs> I get very uh, proud of Judy when she swears correctly, and I'm waiting for the parent-teacher conference where I have to explain that I'm not disciplining her for swears when she's not using them yeah. to be awful to people, and she's using them to appropriately emphasize things. That's as it should be. They're just words, anyway. And express uh, and clue. express feelings. Yeah. Clue for the record. Uh, you asked us to pronk with you, and and then <laughs> gave, and then gave me hover skates. That was your own doing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we're asking so, hover skates and a motorcycle i don't know what you uh, expected to happen I, it was too tempting and I, I said i'm gonna have leif build me a soldier for this game and you said do it so i did hmm. we live to yeah. please yeah yeah so um yeah um you're gonna see some cool uh some exciting shipping jobs. Yes, they're going to be exciting and not boring, I promise. Because, um, again, do you think that everything is going to go well every time? No. Yeah, of no, course not. Some of the boxes uh, will be, like, uncomfortably weighted. Like, all the weights on the right side. And we'll have yeah, to, like... Yeah, it's not evenly distributed. And then you'll, like, uh, you'll have to make a roll... You'll have to make a check to not throw out your back while you're lifting. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about this Or box. maybe we're getting... So many we're cutting 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 the bottom of the box will fall out. The only cargo we can find is a herd of space cows. We have to take maybe. cows through the drift. You know? Or maybe uh, it's something delicate, but they wanted to cut corners so they didn't put enough packing material in there. Tom got and my so joke. Extra fragile. Yeah, no. I, I know what you're talking about, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was laughing for different reasons, too, but I, I did get your joke. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Um, I'm looking forward to interacting with these characters, uh, weaving a tale, and uh, hopefully uh, making making it interesting for you all. It'll be good. Good. Super excited good. too. And um, starting next Sunday, uh, we'll start releasing the all the the art um, with some backstories on Discord and Twitter. 
Um, you know, if you're on Twitter and you see them, share them with your friends. Uh, you know, bring bring more people around. Uh, to yeah, the show yeah. If you think post it like anywhere, it. Uh, recommend post. us. Now is the best time to jump in. Now that we're starting a new series. Um, yeah, it's yeah, true. Gotta... Yeah, this is the best time to recommend the show to your friends when things are yeah. shiny and new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we get it. A four-hour episode on anything, YouTube, podcast, Twitch, whatever, that's that's a daunting task to catch up on for, like, 28 episodes of that. Um, we have a huge so... backlog now. I'm crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, love I it when I see episodes that long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But... Getting in on getting in on the ground floor for a new series uh, makes it feel less daunting, and then people can you know catch up on our stuff when they fall in love with our show. So there you go. Yeah, because um, now this is twenty eight episodes of TFC plus what thirty six episodes of Dawn of Flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise of the Star Lords is on twenty seven twenty seven episodes. Yeah, that's about three hundred sixty hours of content. So it'll be you know. probably. Episode where we wrap book two of Rise of the Star Lords. So probably ninety episodes. Goodness gracious! Oh me. no, Ninja! Don't give Tom ideas. We don't want to get yelled no. at for not turning in our receipts. It's it's fine. I don't want to wear a hard hat. <laughs> I feel like uh, Gus would well, be the one to wear the hard hat. Yeah, you're right. Gus would crew. wear the hard hat. Marayoth wouldn't understand what to do with it because if anything falls through them, they just sort of like maybe lose a few bugs, but like the 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 colony's going to be fine. Yeah, they they knew the risks when they took this. Josh, is Gus going to be the ship's safety officer? (laughs) (laughs) Almost certainly. Sloan has no sense of personal safety. Throwing that out there right now. None. Like none. It's very frustrating. Well, not frustrating. It's it's something that makes her. <laughs> Sexual harassment. So, yeah. Panda needs to give a spiel every quarter, probably. Mostly to catch. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're making it. Catch is hot, but that doesn't mean that he does sexual harassment. Yeah, we're, we're throwing around a lot here. So I feel like if anything, catch is the one who's the victim of this. Yeah. <laughs> No, no way. Can't prove it. Never happened. All right, Captain, we have to have our quarterly talk about sexual harassment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You need to stop saying those things, Catch. Leaves a holographic clone. (laughs) Walks away. Catch is is very much, um, you know, a a ladies' man, a lady killer, which is going to be real... Real hard for me to try and figure out the channel. I told you. I told you Catch was going to be the one who needed to talk. See, you could have just made them, like, really into machines. That That's True. just what I'm going to have to focus on. That's mm. just what I'm going to have to focus on, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. right, Clue. There- I'm terrible. I shouldn't assume things based on the way Catch is dressed. Yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to cover? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, art coming out starting next Sunday. Um, right. Two weeks from today, on February the 21st, will be episode one. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, so next, yeah. so next Sunday, no episode, but we will start releasing art. 
um, because we need a week mm. to make sure that all of our ducks are in a row and everything is ready to go. Because um, 2020 is finally over and we can have new assets. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Clue is correct. The first episode is just entirely you all filling out in real time your uh, new hire paperwork. Oh, uh, no. We aren't a new hire. Evgeny and man onboarding. Oh no! It's gonna be. This is the flashback. So, like you know, this is the Firefly inspired, uh, right? So this is this is the flashback for the episode. Is uh, uh, Mareoth filling out their paperwork when they uh, first started at Edge Corp, and you know, et cetera. Et cetera. Oh my god! Now for Mareoth, would it be imagining... one set of forms, or would it be forms for each individual constituent? One set no, of forms. No, because they got way too. Company hired a consciousness, not the individual. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah, but does the co- company understand that? <laughs> imagine typing like little bugs like enough bugs to like yeah, make each there's key. one bug on each key <laughs> i was just gonna say that yeah hopping I up and down see that, i can already see that simon is going to pronking hate all of the oh but what about this <laughs> no i don't I'm hate sorry. it I just, I, just... I just have all the answers and I'm just telling you what the answer is. It's one bug on each key. Next question. Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, Auntie Nuna already has a script written. Like, she did it like 15 years ago. I can't help it. Just every time I think about Simon's character, Moraeoth, every time I think about Moraeoth, I just think about that musical Joe's Apartment from the 90s. Like, oh, I love every that Every time. I I'm can't familiar keep it with out of my one. head. Oh, you should watch it. They're singing cockroaches. Come on. Oh. Okay. How many, though? I bet it's Lots of nuts. them. Lots of them. They don't all act right. as a single not unit enough. all the time, but still, you could get, probably get some good ideas. Also, for right. those of you watching, I recommend the movie Space Truckers, because I feel like this adventure path is going oh, to be a yes. slightly darker version of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and also probably... Space Truckers is kind of gross. I mean, yeah. that's what they yeah, were going for. It's going to be less for. gross. It's going to be less yeah. gross. Um, it's gross without being gritty. So it's very... It's interesting. It is like, a, it's a really interesting watch. It's, it's, it's cool. It's yeah, just like, also gross. <laughs> the wardrobe's interesting. Like the fact that they paid attention to oh, so many details, but then forgot a couple of them here and there after establishing them. Like there's a diner. And it has gravity, but only due to the station actually rotating. And they're, they're fist fighting, and they're fighting up a curve backwards, and that's great. And then they forget that, like, yeah, no, it's just great. <laughs> it's, it's great, yeah. and it has some problems, but it's great overall. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's definitely a product of its time. Like, there are certain things that we're not super fond of, but it was totally worth watching as a group. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm going to be watching Firefly as well. I know I've been saying that for the past yep. two weeks, uh, but I really got to start watching in earnest. Maybe I'll start tomorrow after school. I'll just like watch an episode tomorrow night. Uh, Have it on while prepping. No, nah, I, ca- I can't do that. I need atmospheric music or like music without lyrics mm. while I'm prepping. Uh, just because I I have a hard time focusing as it is. Um, I, I, so. I can do something I've watched before as background noise, but I just don't have enough screens, real estate to prep and watch something at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I only have two All monitors. Right. I need at least one more if I'm going to watch something at the same time. Three monitors is key for that, Nick. Yeah. 
More Ooh. monitors! I'm moving. I don't want to buy any more monitors until after I move. Yeah, that's a safe choice. They're hard to they're hard to ship. Mm. All um, right. So, shall we sign off? Yeah, but you need you need you need a sign out thing so that I know when to press the button. Yeah, but I As no like I was I was offering to, that we should initiate the sign off process, not that I wanted to sign off. Nick is still in charge of this boat here. I am. For for oh, like ten more minutes, I am the captain of this specific boat, and not the captain of whatever our boat's going to be called in the next in the next series. And then Tom will be captain of the It'll show. It'll be a very boat. exciting name, very appropriately <laughs> exciting name. I think it's um, a serial. <laughs> this is our our Don't last our last time signing off as the cast of of Threefold Conspiracy. It's been a great run. Um, our the art that Seth did for us was wonderful. The content that Paizo gives gives us was great. This was a wonderful mystery. It had lots of twists and turns. I think we all will agree that it was really enjoyable to run through. Um, you guys created fantastic characters. Um, and I appreciated every one of them. Uh, even And you all played very nicely when I ripped the rug out from under you and said, Surprise your clones. No! Uh, took away yeah, all of your yeah, yeah. Um, All those backstories for not. All those <laughs> backstories for not. You guys have no idea how hard it was to keep that from you when you were writing your backstories. I was uh -huh. I was dying keeping this secret and not being able to tell you. I was actually I, I sent quite a few messages to Patrick prepping for this campaign, being like, I can't tell them. OMG, <laughs> Patrick, I can't tell them. It's killing me. Because uh, Patrick knew. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys for playing. Obviously, it's not no pay without players. Um, and well, of course, shout out running. to you guys. Oh, well. Yeah. You did a nice job. how I do. Um, Agreed. Shout out to our audience. You know, wouldn't be a show without an audience. Uh, y'all, y'all kicked butt helping these guys through the last fight. Yes. Um, giving them re-rolls, all that jazz. Keep showing up. We hope to see you all uh, same time, same place, two weeks for the next series, and Tom will be in charge. Uh, new Rise of the Star Lords on Thursday, as always, new Cosmic Crit tonight. Um, update on our on-demand, our YouTube channel. Uh, it is running behind Partly because I've been prepping assets for um, Fly for Your Die. And uh, I cannot both hands off my computer for four time. hours. To, well, we ran another glitch with downloading from YouTube. Uh, so it's going to take me four hours to get the, the video for the next episode. And I just haven't had four hours to do it. Um, but it is, it is coming. I haven't forgotten about it. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff on my plate right now and we'll make sure you guys have fantastic assets uh beautiful new scenes for uh, our new series it's gonna be exciting um very exciting. while we're doing our announcements here i think it bears um repeating that we are going back to a um weekly schedule with at, at yes. the start of uh, the next series that is that is a thing Indeed that is we are yes we yes. got all um optimistic that this pandemic was uh was gonna be over 
and went back to a bi-weekly schedule. Uh, and now we're uh, pretty sure it's just not going to be over. It's just continuing to get worse, funnily, as it, ha- as it so happens. Um, I, figure, I want you know, the record to show that I have never been optimistic about this pandemic ending quickly. Yeah, uh, and only staying I'll, inside for months at a time. Why isn't everyone else doing that? <laughs> it's I like a dream. I want to leave our houses again, Simon. Yeah, yeah, but we we understand uh, that we can't, and I will. Uh, I'll I'll come out and say it. I was the main reason that we needed to go bi-weekly uh, for. Uh, personal reasons but those personal reasons involved uh a plan for occasional travel yeah a can f- a plan yeah. for leaving the house occasionally and again travel right now is not advised stay the pronk home everybody please 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 uh, please please, please, but, please. Uh, so that we can eventually uh, so all leave our houses again please in, stay inside in yes in light of this um i realized that well um oh also they asked me to uh, step up in gm and so i said well you know i can i can dedicate six to seven months uh to running an ap um weekly and then we will still uh, be in pandemic mode back into the gm seat and nobody can say anything else <laughs> that's not that's not okay. set in stone it'll probably happen yeah. um <laughs> so yeah we are going back to a weekly schedule that's important uh Thanks for bringing that up, Blaif. Yes, good good call. Good call. So, yeah, next week off, and then we're going back to a weekly schedule um, for Life for Your Death. It's going to be great. I'm really excited, you guys. Yeah, me too. Oh. All right. With that, one last time, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. We'll still do this gig on the next series, though. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Probably.